Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning on a subject entitled Personal Prayer That Prevails. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on personal prayer or private prayer that prevails. Psalms 91 verse 1. Let me read that to you as a part of this text. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Elizabeth Elliot writes, she says, Prayer lays hold of God's plan and becomes the link between his will and its accomplishment on earth. Amazing things happen and we are given the privilege of being the channels of the Holy Spirit's power. For a number of weeks I've talked about prevailing prayer. I've talked about persistent prayer, powerful prayer, passionate prayer, practical prayer, and I've talked, uh, this is part six of this series on persistent prayer, on how to prevail in prayer. The Holy Spirit spoke to me this week, and as I was praying and meditating on what I'd shared this morning, and he said, we're not quite finished with this series on prayer, and he dropped this thought in my heart about private or personal prayer that prevails. So I want to talk to you this morning and challenge you in your personal walk and devotional life. I want to challenge you in your private uh, prayer life. I want to challenge you, not as a corporate body so much, but I want to challenge you individually and call you to a higher place, to call you to growth in the Lord, to call you to grow in your walk in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In October of last year, actually October the 1st, on a plane from Dallas, Texas, the Lord gave me a mandate concerning prayer. For about two hours, I spent time with the Lord on that plane all by myself in the darkness of that plane. Late at night, as I was worshiping the Lord, the Lord visited me and the Lord began to download revelation to me about the next two years of my life. And now I'm, I'm, I'm approaching the halfway mark of that. Here's what he said. I'm just going to give you a little glimpse of that. He said, I'm calling you to a life of prayer. I want to transform your prayer life. Then he continued, he said, I will give you instructions on how to restore prayer to my people. And he said, I'm preparing you to raise up an army of prophetic intercessors who will bring healing to my people. Since that time, God has opened numerous doors to allow me to share this message of rebuilding, returning, and reestablishing the altar of prayer. Over the last few months, I've taught on prevailing in prayer. What does it mean to prevail in prayer? It means to pray until we experience a divine breakthrough into our circumstances and lives. How do we prevail in prayer? Well, to prevail means to succeed, to become dominant, to win out. Another definition reads, to use persuasion or inducement successfully. Some years ago in Promise Keepers, we used the following acronym, PUSH, P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. As I was driving this week, I saw that 
on a bumper sticker on a car. It simply said push, and underneath it said pray until something happens. You and I have got to step up in our prayer life and pray until the breakthrough comes. Hold on until God answers our prayer. Hold on until heaven's open and the glory of God comes on our behalf. Can somebody say amen? It's time to push. Everybody say push. Pray until something happens. But I want to share with you this morning just a little bit on personal prayer. Why is personal prayer important? Well, our strength is renewed in our private or personal prayer times. When you pray, the Bible says, if I pray in, in, a, in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. And it says it builds up my most holy faith. It builds up my strength. It edifies me. When I pray in my personal devotional time to God, it builds my strength. It encourages me. How many of you are weary this morning? Not weary just from working and, 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 and just physically tired, but you're wearied from all the stuff that's come against you, all the stuff that's happened to you, all the stuff that's contended with the promises that God has given to you. You see, the Bible says he'll set before us an open door, but there are many adversaries. When the door opens, you've got to deal with the adversaries to get through the open door. And sometimes we find ourselves weary from the battle, weary from the strain, weary from the attacks that come against us. We're not weary of the way, we're just weary in the way. Come on, somebody. How do we recapture our strength? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy equals strength. Strength, joy. Joy, strength. And the enemy comes to rob us of those moments of joy. But listen to me. Joy does not come because your circumstances are right. Joy flows out of my personal walk and relationship with the Lord, and that comes out of my personal prayer and devotional life. That's where I draw strength. I don't draw strength from just hearing a sermon once a month or once a week or twice a week. I draw strength because I'm spending time in his presence. I'm spending time along with him. I'm praying, and as I'm praying and fellowshipping and communing with him, then he is pouring strength into my being. The strength that we need will be found in the personal closet of prayer. Dr. Charles Stanley writes, he says, We can be tired, weary, and emotionally distraught, but after spending time alone with God, we find that he injects into our bodies energy, power, and strength. Let me give you some scriptures that will call you to the private closet of prayer. John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Psalms 34 8 oh taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man who trusts in him I've come by this morning to challenge you to grow in grace to grow in your love to grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ where do we start how do I start a journey of growing in faith growing in grace well we start in the private personal altar of prayer I love what David Bryant writes he said pursuing prayer is prayer on a mission it's diligent fervent constant, persevering, determined, and convinced. And I believe this morning there are three things related to this passage that I read to you in Matthew chapter 6 concerning your personal private 
devotional life of prayer. First of all, personal prayer is secret prayer. Psalms 91.1 speaks to us about dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty. I love the 91st Psalm. It's known as the protection psalm. I'm telling you, multiplied billions have read that psalm over the years. I mean, multiplied multitudes have read that, that psalm and prayed it and believed it to be protection over their family, over their house, over the things that God has put into their hands. But what does the psalmist mean about dwelling in the secret place of the Most High? The secret place is the place of fellowship. It's the place of communion that you can enjoy in your relationship with the Lord. God desires to have an intimate, personal relationship with his people. God is pursuing you today to have a personal, intimate relationship with you and with your family. That's what he wants to have. That's the legacy that Brother Lee, Reed leaves us behind. He is, he's, a, he's an example of a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, God wants to be intimate with you. And the secret place is that place of intimacy. And if you read through the scriptures, the secret place is defined by different names in the Bible. Jesus referred to it as the closet of prayer. When you pray, the New King James says, when you pray, go into your room. The King James Version says, when you pray, enter into your closet. It's a secret place. It's a place that's set aside. It's a place that's set apart. It's a place where you meet with God. Jesus said when you enter into your closet in Matthew 6, 6, you're to close the door. You're to shut that door. Why? Because it's the place where I open my heart and I share the secrets of my heart with the one that I know loves me, the one that I know can handle the secrets of my heart. The secret place is where we work out the details of our life. It's where we share those most intimate, those deepest thoughts, our desires, our dreams, our passions. It's the place where I can pour my heart out to God. It's the place where I can share my secrets with the Lord. You see, it's the place where we learn what pleases Him. It's the place where we learn to discern His voice. It's the place where he lifts us above the normal, ordinary, everyday problems and trials that we face. It's a place uh, that can only be found in his presence. My favorite verse of scripture, you've heard me quote it many times. Psalm 1611, in thy presence is fullness of joy. That's the secret place. It's the place where we learn about him and we get to know him because it's a place of intimacy. The Bible teaches in Isaiah 55, 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and, and nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We read that sometimes when we say, well, we can't know God's thoughts. We can't know God's ways. Oh, we learn them in the secret place. It's where he opens the things up and he shows us things. It's in the secret place, that a prayer that God reveals his ways. It's in the secret place that we catch a glimpse of, of his heart. The psalmist said in Psalms 37 verse 4, delight yourselves also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The secret place is that place of private prayer where we share our most intimate thoughts and the secrets of our heart with our Father in heaven. There are things in our lives that we won't share with anybody else. There are things in our lives that we wouldn't dare tell anybody else but I want to tell you, you can tell the Father. You can take it to the throne of God. 
There are things in my life, there are things that God has spoken to me that they're personal, they're between me and God. I might only share them with my wife, would be the only person that I would ever share them with. It's a place where I can have safety. It's a place where I can feel secure. It's a place where I can share those things with my father. You see, you can't share everything with everybody. God puts a dream in your heart. You remember Joseph? His dad gave him a coat of many colors. That means he didn't have to work in the field with his brothers. His brothers already hated him because he was his father's favorite. And he gave him a coat of many colors. And then he started having prophetic dreams. And then he started sharing those dreams with his brothers. And his brothers got all the more mad. Now God worked out the dreams and the prophecies came to pass. But I want to tell you something. They sold him into slavery before it all happened. Listen, he suffered because he shared things that he shouldn't have shared with his brothers. And you can't share everything that God says to you. You can't share every, everything that God puts in your heart. Because why? Some folks will just misunderstand. But I want to tell you, you can share them in the secret place. You can talk to God about them in that secret closet of prayer. It's also a place where he shares his secrets with us. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. That word mighty there can actually be translated out of the Hebrew as a secret thing. God has certain things that he'll share with you that's just between you and him. The things that God desires... To reveal to you by his spirit, that takes place in the secret place. I, I love the words of 1 Corinthians 2. Let me give you uh, chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Listen to what it says. But it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I've heard that quoted over the years, and it's really many times taken out of context. God, with eyes not seen, ears not heard, we just can't know. And I don't think we have mentally the capacity to know everything that God has for us to even get hold of it or to get our arms or get our mind wrapped around all that God is and all that God wants to do in our lives. But I love the next passage. Listen to what it says. If you read it in the context but God has revealed them to us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of God for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God the Holy Spirit longs to reveal things to us as we spend time with him in prayer and devotion things that will involve his will for our individual lives for our families things that will involve his will for this community I love Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I hear the Lord calling his people today to that secret place, the closet of personal prayer. The question is, will we answer that call? Will we say yes to Jesus? So personal prayer is secret prayer, but secondly, it is submissive prayer. It's in the secret place that God reveals his will for our lives and the Lord has a perfect will and a plan for your life now listen to me God does not have plans for our lives God has a perfect plan for our life God does not have a plans a b c d God doesn't say here's the outline you pick it out God says I have a a plan a perfect plan a strategic plan for your life I said God has a perfect plan for your life we call it the perfect will of God now we can create plans for our life you remember Abraham 
God had a perfect plan for his life. He said, I'm tired of waiting. I'm getting old. My wife can't have children. I'll just take Hagar and I'll produce an heir that way. He got Ishmael. That's the whole problem we're having in the Middle East today. Ishmael and Isaac. Come on, somebody. He, the Bible said in the book of Galatians, he was the child of the flesh. We produce Ishmaels when we get out of God's perfect will and his perfect plan for our life. Now, God has a permissive will or he has a will and we can stay. He still loves us. He don't, he don't, he don't push us aside. But God has a perfect plan for your life today. And it's in the secret place, in the closet of prayer, that he reveals his plan. You say, I'm coming to the altar, and maybe the, maybe the preacher will have a word of knowledge, or he'll have a prophetic word, and God will reveal his will for me. No, no, it'll start in the secret place. God will tell you first. When I first started this thing, I had well-meaning people that wanted to tell me what they thought God's will for my life was. It was usually not in the church. It was outside the church somewhere. Oh, by the way, I got a word for you. God has a perfect plan for your life. And it's in this place of personal devotion that we submit to his call for our life. The personal place of prayer is where we say yes to God. Before you can be promoted publicly, you have to say yes to his will and his desires privately. It was after the encounter with God on the road to Damascus that the Apostle Paul spent time personally with God. You remember, he's on his way to persecute the church. In Acts chapter 9, 3 through 9, he journeyed. as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. We learn in the next few verses that God spoke to a man named Ananias. And he said, You go and lay hands on Saul and pray that his eyes might be opened. But Ananias had heard about Saul. He said, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. But Paul had to answer the call. Paul had to submit to God in the secret place of personal prayer. What is it that God's calling you to do today? What is it that God's asking you to say yes to today? Personal prayer is submissive prayer. Listen, personal prayer is where I wrestle with God about things. Personal prayer is where I, I have to work these things out in my mind. Because let me tell you about God. God won't ask you to do what you want to do. God will not ask you many times to do what you want to do. But he says, here's my plan for your life. And it will be something that you cannot do. If you can do it, God's not in it. It's got to be bigger than you are. It's got to eclipse your abilities. It's, it's got to be so big that if God don't get in it, it's going to just utterly fail. And it's in that personal place where we have to learn to submit and say yes to God. And let me tell you about God. God will let you be comfortable. I mean, he'll, he'll put you in a place that you like, and then he'll close the door on you and call you to a place where you're not comfortable. Why? Trust. And you'll have to work these things out. You won't do it publicly. You won't do it before other people. You'll do it in the closet. You'll do it in that secret place of prayer. It's in the secret place of prayer that we settle the question about God's will for our lives. It's in the secret place of prayer that we submit to God. And we say, yes, Lord, I'm not able to do that. I will never be able to accomplish that. I'll never be able to do what you're calling me to do. But you're asking me to do it and your word says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I say, yes. 
We have to submit, and we must be willing to submit to the authority that God's placed in your life. Romans 13, 1 says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. We must be willing, first of all, to submit to one another in love and the fear of God, according to Ephesians 5, 21. The Bible says in James 4, 7 that we submit to God, and in submitting to God, we resist the devil. In 1 Peter 5, 5, it says, You younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Personal prayer is submitting to God. It is submissive prayer. Are you faced with a spiritual battle today? Are you faced with a problem or a difficulty that has come against you or your family that threatens you? I want to tell you, God didn't bring that. The devil did. How do we overcome it? We submit to God in the private closet of prayer. My third and last point is this. Personal prayer is satisfying prayer. It's secret prayer. It's submissive prayer, but it's satisfying prayer. How many of you have seen the commercials on TV? If you call within the next 20 minutes and you're the first 500 callers, we're going to send you an extra bottle of this miracle stuff that's going to clean your car and it'll never get dirty again. 1995. And then they'd come at satisfaction guaranteed. Your money back if you're not satisfied. All you've got to do is put in 1995 for shipping and handling. Well, I want to tell you how to have satisfaction guaranteed. Matthew 6, 6 says, when you pray, go into your room. When you shut the door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you submit to God and say yes to God, then God will promote you. Personal prayer, secret praise. It's the place where we open our hearts. We share our struggles. We share our victories. We share the things that we're walking through. It's the place where we settle the question in our hearts and share our secrets. Personal prayer is a prayer that submits to God. This is where we say yes to God. But personal prayer will also be satisfying prayer. You see, personal prayer... And devotion to God will bring satisfaction in your life. As I was preparing this message, I just was drawn to, to the old hymn that simply says, Trust and obey. Listen to the words. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still with all who will trust and obey. The chorus says this, it says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And then I listen to the, uh, to the third verse, looks into what it says. But we can never prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows, for the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. You want to be happy in Jesus? Who wants to be happy in Jesus? Listen, the whole world's trying to find happiness today. The whole world's trying to find a place of peace and contentment and joy, and they can't find it. But to be happy in Jesus and to find that joy and that contentment is simply to trust and obey. I love that. But we can never prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. We've got to lay it all on the altar we got to give it all to God. Some of you have carried things and you have worried over them. You have fretted over them. You, you have just allowed it to just weight heavy in you to the point that it makes you sick. 
And you've carried that thing. You've worried. You, you've just, you've rehearsed it over and over and over again in your mind. But this morning, God's saying, lay it on the altar. Give it to me in the secret place of prayer. Let me take your anxiety. Let me take your cares. Let me take your fears. Let me take those things that harass you and malign you and come against you and torment you. Let me take those things today. I'll take them away from you. And in its place, I'll give you a satisfaction that you've never known. In its place, I'll give you a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. In its place, I'll give you a peace that's like a river, as Isaiah said. It's a peace that passes our understanding. It can can't be comprehended, it can't be explained, it only has to be experienced. But all we have to do today is lay it on the altar and give it to God, and then we trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Psalms 37 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Romans 14:17, the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it's love, joy, and peace. In the Holy Spirit. 